and they all just like set down their silverware at the same time and all just look at you. Yeah, they, they immediately <laughs> know you're not one of yeah. them. They're like, that's what I was afraid was gonna happen the entire time. I was like waiting for some crazy shit to happen. I was looking over my shoulder. I thought people were gonna, gonna fucking put a bag over my head and take me into some dark Get room. Get him! Yeah. Get him! Yeah. We got one! We got one! <laughs> Yeah, he had a quote and it was like dope as fuck and i wrote it down it was have a morning routine have a nighttime routine and in the middle sell like a motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude yeah man um that sounded like it was an awesome experience though yeah well not as awesome as being in san diego with the boys huh oh uh oh this past weekend you look yeah. like you were living the life, just smoking with your fat cigar in your mouth, <laughs> golfing. <laughs> uh, John Daly, baby. John yeah. Daly, he used to golf with a cigar in his mouth. And uh, that was a tribute to him, uh, even though I'm not the best at golf at all. But after this past weekend and getting my ass handed to me, I'm like, dude, I want to at least learn how to hit the ball from the tee as far as possible and just get on the green. If I can just do those, three th or those two things, like, man, I will be okay and then i'll probably try to get better after that but i just want to do that first because i couldn't hit anything when i was golfing this really past i mean i was hitting i was hitting good at the driving like range oh yeah the, i remember we the, went to top golf yeah <laughs> i didn't uh like I, I can't remember if you were good or not were you good at hitting it no <laughs> no <laughs> okay. it's like i was trying to notice my swing this past weekend and, and it just wasn't the best i need just yeah. like three lessons maybe like just pay a guy lessons will change everything three bro. lessons and then i guarantee you i'll be at least better than i was right now i used to i used to go golfing all the time as a kid and i was never that good but i thought it was fun and i would because I, I played baseball and i was really good at like hitting the ball so i swung the golf club like i swung a baseball bat and i've done that my whole life and i could at least make contact with the ball but it always go this way and then that way yeah. and so when i got to dental school we went to top golf the first week i lived in arizona and uh one of the dudes in my classes he uh he was like actually i think he golfed in college so he was basically fixing my swing and literally in 30 minutes of him just giving me tips telling me how to hold the club and like rotate the the club face down after you follow through mm. like most people don't turn the club down you're supposed to turn it down mm. as soon as i did a couple things like that like if i made contact it was going far and straight and that's like that's the goal right and i'm like a cup one lesson literally transform my swing and you saw yeah. me at top golf that's the two things i need to learn dude hit yeah. how to hit it far and straight dude. yeah get on the green that's all i need to what's learn what's crazy is i went golfing with my buddy in kansas uh who golfs all the time and literally uh i took like 100 milligrams of edibles and so did he right beforehand so Jeez. i was like if we do 18 uh we can drink while we're on the golf course and it'll kick in by the time we're done wow. <laughs> and it did uh but anyways that was fun because he golfs all the time and we both expected me to suck and he was giving me the shitty balls that he had uh not like the because they like care about their their balls it's like this is a top flight ball yeah right? dude, i didn't even bring clubs man everyone <laughs> else had the clubs which is awesome i mean yeah. but i'm not like into golf i've never really golfed that much so i didn't even have my clubs mm. but yeah they all had their you know uh their 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 designated balls right their designated their designated balls yeah they had <laughs> their balls they had multiple and then then their clubs and everything so uh, i need to get a pair of clubs i need to get three lessons in the belt yeah and i guarantee you that's all i need and then if i ever did want to go golf or go golfing with friends if i ever did get invited boom 
Now I'm set. Three lessons and you'll be hooked because I went that one time with my buddy yeah. and just know how to hit it far and straight. Literally, I got it on the green twice. And I'm like, I need to get a set, bro. <laughs> you know? Dude, like, um, well, that was just going to remind you. Oh, so the lesson he taught you that I, I heard you say was turn the club down when you're already in the backswing? No, no, no. So, like, if you swing like a baseball bat. Yeah. And I just follow through with the baseball bat. But the baseball bat is shaped the same no matter what part you hit. I see you what know? you're saying. Yeah. This so, um, what I was doing is rather than just following through, I got to... When I when I make contact, I gotta follow through and also turn the face literally facing down. Hmm. And that one thing now, cause like if you think about it, you're coming through straight and you're turning it rather than like hitting it like this or like at a spin, you know. Mm. Also another thing really cool, I know you'll appreciate this. There's a guy who's a, I'm on his newsletter, Kevin Hutto, and mm. it's 30 bucks a month and he's like a marketing genius. He's been marketing since the internet was invented. And so he's been around for a while. Yeah. And, uh, and, and literally he got super, super rich um, because he realized he could market Vaseline and call it something else to golfers uh and, and just put a, a label and a little bit of marketing on it and because here's what he did he was golfing with his buddy he owns a golf course too so he just golfs all day mm -hmm. and it's just a lifestyle business for him at this point and so he would go golfing with his buddy and his buddy was uh struggling to hit it straight and far uh and when he normally does he was just having an off day and he goes hey let me let me do something so he takes some vaseline puts it on a rag and then wipes it on the guy's club face he goes hit it again yeah dude, that's what they said last week they said if you put well this could have been a myth but yeah. one of my friends avery said it is like if you put chapstick on the the face of a golf club it's just gonna it's it's gonna hit it far and straight yeah like it's a cheat code or something that's exactly what it is so that's what this guy did and sure enough far and straight far and straight you just make contact right and so then he's like oh shoot uh well his buddy was like i would buy this from you if if you sold it and he goes huh so that night he goes home and he writes a sales letter and throws it up on an ugly sales page and he called it the hustler secret and it was a sales <laughs> video where it was just him just hitting it far and straight far and straight and then selling this thing and what he did was he took empty dip cans because he chews tobacco empty dip cans puts vaseline in there puts food coloring so it doesn't look like vaseline and then he sells it at like a higher rate than what vaseline goes for um to as like the hustler's secret to golfers who want to shave a few strokes off their thing he got rich he still sells it jesus dude. yeah that's sick yeah that whole story's sick so how much was he selling that for what kind of funnel was it um I don't know the ins and outs, but I know that that dude was a copywriter part of his story. He, he's a marketer. He's like me. You so know? he's the one that sold that product. Kevin Hudo. Kevin Hudo sold it, wrote the sales letter. Oh, okay. Put the, did the, the Google, you know, ads and stuff. Did everything for it. Everything. Yeah. So right now product. I think he, he, he's really big at on talking about lifestyle businesses versus scale businesses. Mm. Have we talked about this before? Yeah. With me and Clark. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he's like. Anytime, like Brandon Carter gets mentored by this guy. So um, he talks about like, if you want to make, uh, you know, take home a lot of money and have low stress, then you want a lifestyle business. That's about two to five, maybe 10 mil a year, mm -hmm. right? But anything more than, to go from five to 10 mil, that transition right there to be in a scale business uh, is a lot more stress and you're taking home a lot more, a lot less money than you probably are at a lifestyle business because you're trying to scale, you're putting it all back in the business. And so 
you can do both and make $30 million a year as a scale business, but it'll come with a lot more stress because mm -hmm. more money, more problems yeah. and uh, you know more overhead. So you're probably taking home less at the end of the day anyways. But um, And so obviously he's a big proponent of the lifestyle business and that's what he chooses to do. He, he gives clients their money back if he doesn't even like working with them after a couple months. Dude, that's, you know? Yeah, of course, dude. That's like ultimately the dream because if you think about it, he probably just wanted to play golf every day. Right. Yeah. He's like, how can I, how can I do what I love and also help people do it too? Dude, I'm just going to write this, this VSL on, yeah. on how to hit farther with this method. Yeah. And then he's just, and then everyone buys it. They're hitting farther. They know the method. And then now he's just getting paid to literally play golf. If he wants the lifestyle business, 100%. like dude, when I, when I first started, uh, my, like one of my goals, I remember saying this was in like college. I remember telling people, it's like, I just want to get paid to work out and eat. Cause at the time I was just obsessed with just trying to transform my body, build that confidence because I wasn't that confident. Yeah. And then when I started taking the gym seriously, like my eyes got opened and then I was just like, dude, if I could just figure out how to get paid to work out and eat. Cause I was looking up to guys like Christian Guzman. I don't know if you followed him on YouTube. He was like the, one of the first fitness YouTubers that really blew up uh, a few other guys like from the Gymshark crew and stuff. And I was just seeing like, these guys are literally just documenting their, their journey to the top in real time. And people want to follow them. Right. And I was like, dude, yeah, I'm doing the same thing. I just document my journey. So like, I just wanted to have a business to where I could just get paid to work out, wake up, work out and eat. And I was still <laughs> yeah, yeah, able to help people. How's that going for you? I mean, dude, uh, it's getting there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I, I, I do, it's funny how you transform from like, um, one idea, one vision. And then like you along the journey, things change a little bit, but ultimately it's like still the same thing because right now I don't have the, the fitness business yet. That's like, thriving or the health and wellness business that's thriving. I just have the, I have the advertising business that's thriving based on the skill set that I learned. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's cool. I mean, right now we're all getting paid to work out. Yeah. If you think about it, I was about to say that. Cause like every time I see your Instagram story, what's Brian doing? He, he just woke up bragging about how he woke up at 5 a.m. <laughs> and then he works out and then he's showing his meal and him and his girlfriend are eating. You literally just get paid to work out <laughs> Wake up and eat. Yeah, work out, wake up. You and still eat. do that, but it's all the other stuff that you're talking about is like not quite there yet. Well, it, yeah, it's like, um, cause that's, 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 yeah, yeah, it's, it's all a work in progress. Just yeah. trying to figure this thing out called life, dude. Yeah. And she's my wife, not even my girlfriend anymore. Oh, my fuck. Wife, yeah. I keep saying that. Every time I'm talking to Kate about you guys, uh, I'll, I'll do that. And she goes, that's his wife now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I mean, these last six months have been insane, I think, for everybody, especially, you know. Yeah, it's like everything happened in the last six months. Dude, the debate. Did you see the debate? I didn't. Tell me about it. I heard, you know, I've heard. It was I like a comedy show, dude. It was like a comedy show. It was like I was watching. Yeah. It was, I was genuinely entertained and I was actually going there to be entertained. Um, now that I think about it, was it just three people in a room or was there a crowd? No, there was a crowd. It okay. wasn't as big as I guess it, they normally, normally as it said. Um, but yeah, there was a, a little, I think like 70 people it said, and, oh. uh, yeah, just the moderator, Donald Trump, Joe Biden. And, uh, they just started going at it, dude. Yeah. Uh, it was funny. It was just funny, man. It was just like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> I don't really like, it depends on, I, I don't like, I think, uh, it was just Trump trying to just his his ego was just like no like I know I'm right yeah like and I just want to I just want to share what I think is right and then Biden was like trying to talk to like everybody uh, -huh. uh like and try to like really connect with the world yeah and it was just like it was a crazy mixture of nothingness like nothing really got done if that makes sense it was just them fighting yeah <laughs> and 
So I'm like, I from the few clips I've seen and hearing that, it makes me wonder. I feel like I know what the strategy is. Like I, I'm breaking down the social dynamics of this. Um, and I remember, I forget. I think it was uh, I read in a biography of Frank Sinatra. He was really good friends with John F. Kennedy, and apparently. In one part of this book, uh, they were, I think they were having a conversation and Sinatra or someone close to them told JFK, hey, when you make a speech at the debates, look into the camera and connect with them through your eye contact. Yeah, that was Biden all, yeah. all that was Biden all day. And, and I then, feel like, like they told him to do that or something. Yeah, for, for, like it was crazy because like from a psychology standpoint and like a, a public speaking standpoint, even like a direct response marketing standpoint yeah. to get attention, hold attention, keep attention. It was like, I honestly thought at points Biden was a better job of like, cause he would just transition. He'd be like, like when, like, cause I guess for example, like Trump would throw a shot and Biden would like kind of get up, like get annoyed with it and be like, he at one point said, he at one point said, dude, would you shut up? <laughs> like he just got so tired. He's like, dude, would you just shut up? So Trump was just interrupting him and stuff. Yeah. I think, I think that was a lot of it, but also I think it was like, he was just trying to make his point because there was things that maybe were just not being said accurately. So he just wanted to make sure he got it out there. And it was just like back and forth. But, um, but then Biden would always go back and he'd be like, he's like, we're not talking about, we're, we're talking to like you out there, the American, yeah. then he would go into like direct to camera, like yeah. talking to the the hearts of you guys. And it's like interesting because, um, dude, like I'm not democratic by any means. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm more conservative. Um, but like overall, dude, it was just like a circus either way, no matter what you believe in. Yeah. I wonder if Trump's strategy, and I've been thinking about this today, if his strategy was, I don't care whatever negative repercussions might come from me looking like an asshole and interrupting him every 10 seconds, I just think my strategy should just be like the Chiefs defense blitzing the fuck out of Lamar Jackson nonstop. Even if they get a couple yards, he's just going to keep bringing the blitz, yeah. right? Because it's going to throw him off his game. And an old man, Sleepy Joe, you just got to throw him off his game a little bit. He'll he'll make himself look bad if you throw him off his game. So I wonder if that was his strategy going in. He goes, I don't give a fuck about my stance. Yeah. I'm not even going to try to make points, really. Yeah. I just am going to help uh, make it hard as hell for Biden to make points. I mean, dude, we'll see. It's like, that could have been a strategy. And I think that that's exactly how a strategy played out. If it was a strategy, it was just like, dude, I, I know, I know I did like the main thing was like, dude, you had 47 years to do, to do what you want yeah. to do, <laughs> bro. I did, I did so much in four years. It's like the economy was the best ever, like all this stuff. And so it's just like, he's, he's kind of right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's kind of right. And then, the other guy's trying to like really connect to get him out, but I don't know. It's just interesting. The good thing is, is they have two more left. So two more debates. Like, yeah, man. I'm excited. It's like, I want to get like popcorn out. Dude. Do you it's think just, like, realistically the biggest Joe fight Rogan. in the United States? Like, <laughs> True. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The biggest competition. Do you think realistically Joe Rogan will, will uh, be no. able to, <laughs> why no, not? Dude. They would never allow that. They wouldn't. Cause I don't think Joe would take much shit. It's at 2020. All, dude. Came to fuck it up. Hey, I, actually, I could be, <laughs> I could be wrong, but I think Joe would actually be pretty respectful. He wouldn't really want to interrupt that much. I think he, I would, I think he would do a little bit of what he normally does. Yeah, and he would ask some super hard questions and let them just go, let them just go. Um, so I think I would actually prefer. I mean, who wouldn't want Joe Rogan to come to do yeah. the moderator for that dude? But they would never allow that. I don't think, I don't think Biden's party specifically wouldn't allow that. Donald Trump said he would do it, dude. I bet, I bet Joe Rogan 
would step up and tell them to stop interrupting each other. And then he would call them children on the air. You guys are acting like children. Well, you let him talk for two seconds. Be like, stop, stop, <laughs> yeah. stop. Let, let the man talk. Yeah. <laughs> you just go into it. Yeah. Joe's really good about like not interrupting people, but also you can tell that he hates when he gets interrupted Joe? sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I've, <laughs> I don't know, man. His podcast is insane. I haven't really watched it recently, dude. I haven't really seen many guests on there that I'm like, okay, I want to go. But like yeah. if it was Biden and Trump, dude, that'd be crazy. Um, I wish they would let them let him moderate it. But um, what's the craziest Joe Rogan podcast you've listened to so far since like in the last like month? In the last month. Has he had any crazy ones? Uh, I would say, I don't know. It's hard to say because I just feel like there haven't been a whole lot of a great ones that really interest me. Yeah. It's a lot of people I've never heard of and they're all just kind of talking about things that I probably don't care yeah, about. That's why, yeah. You I'm know? just like, I shouldn't, I probably not going to enjoy this. And here we are doing the same damn thing. Right this <laughs> dude, what we were talking, we were talking before about, um, dude, Scientology, dude. Yo, let's go down this rabbit hole. Yeah. So this when is, was the first time you discovered Scientology? Well, yeah, I mean, this is, or you heard about Scientology, dude. <laughs> it's interesting because I've never really gone down that specific rabbit hole. I have a couple experiences with Scientology that yeah. we can go into if we really want to get into it. But, uh, yeah, when I was living in Scottsdale, my roommates put on the going clear documentary uh, documentary, but I know so little about it that much of the information was going over my head. Um, and so I don't even really remember that much from it, to be honest. I know things like Tom Cruise is in it, uh, Grant Cardone, but as far as like what's actually going on, you obviously have gone a lot deeper than me on that. Well, dude, I first heard of it. I think it was like soft. I don't even know, dude. It was, um, oh, it was before I went out to California to do door to door sales. I, uh, I found out that Grant Cardone was a Scientologist. And at that time I was just listening to Grant Cardone 24 seven and like reading his books, 10 X, um, freak. I forget the name of his book. That's selling book. Seller be sold. Seller be sold. Dude, how did I forget that? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, and like, I was just super into Grant cause I was doing the cold calling job when I moved out or I first heard that Grant Cardone was a Scientologist. Like, and one of my friends told me that and I was like, what is a Scientologist? He's like, dude, what? Yeah. He's like, go look it up. So I started looking it up. I went down the rabbit hole and like after about three hours of just research before I even watched the documentary, I was like, then I watched the documentary. I was like, it kind of just sounds like it's a personal development like yeah. type cult. Like the goal is the goal is like to be a better person. Uh -huh. It's just taught a different way than what we're used to. But also it's like, yeah, it was actually a cult. <laughs> so that, that turned cult, yeah. you know? Um, but dude, yeah. It What's was, the uh, difference between a cult and a religion? I don't think much, man. I don't think much. Uh, I think both believe in, in a certain things so much that they commit their lives to it, right? Yeah. And it's if it makes them a better person that they think without doing harm, then I guess it's just, I mean, I don't know. Like I grew up Catholic, right? And I, at the time I was too young to even really get it. I went through like the school where you go to go for like, I think it's like 12 weeks. Sunday school? Yeah, Sunday school <laughs> to get baptized. The school that they do at church on Sundays? <laughs> no, 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 was it Sunday school? It's whatever you have to, uh, communion, the communion school. Oh yeah, um, I know what you're talking about. You have to get confirmed in the confirmed, church. Confirmed, yeah. yeah. And then you learn about purgatory and stuff. Yo, how do you apply that to business? Bitch, you haven't been confirmed yet. You gotta buy this other program next. <laughs> That's probably what Scientology was with their, with their levels, yeah. right? To go clear, I think it was like, what, 50K? something like that and they were having Damn. people do that every week like 
on the daily, dude. That's Just crazy. toss that money. But the difference between a religion and, and a cult, I mean, I think as long as you don't... Okay, so here's a good example. Who's seen this documentary on Netflix, Wild Wild Country? I have not. Have you seen it, Chris? No? Dude, Wild Wild Country, that's the next documentary you have to watch tonight. And everyone ha watching this podcast has to watch tonight. It's Wild a six-part series. Okay. Each uh, episode is about 60 minutes in length. It's in a documentary that we were never... I never... I don't remember hearing this at all. But it was a documentary about a cult or... Um, yeah, like I guess they were framed as a cult, but it was this group of people who wanted to follow this list leader. I forget his name was, I think his name was Bogwan. And he was this uh, teacher and, you know, people would follow him to live his way of life and stuff like that. Anyways, he he moved, he tried to find some place to mi uh, migrate with his community in the United States. And he ended up, I think it was in, uh, uh, dude, Portland, something back in the day. Anyways, they start moving in and dude they start building their own city and there's just country people like you know white people right that are just like super old-fashioned seeing a group of just like total like kind of almost like buddha looking people right the way they're mm -hmm. dressed and ultimately their goal was to just uh live their life in this community and they weren't really committing any harm to people but people couldn't accept it dude so that town i forget what town it was but that town started fighting back and they would like mess with each other. And then eventually got violent. Bombs went off, dude. People got strapped, ready for war in this small town. Damn. The FBI gets involved. They try to take down this cult, bro. And then one of the cult, uh, one of the members of the cult uh, ends up um, poisoning the town before the election because they wanted to win the election. Because if they won the election, they would be uh, like free from, they would be illegal. So they would be legal so that they couldn't, no one could mess with them. That makes mm. sense. That's a very bro, terrible way of describing that documentary. <laughs> but that alone should get you in, in curious enough to be like, what is this? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and and my my recommendation would be to go watch the documentary because were they a cult? From my understanding and what I was just watching, I was like, man, they just wanted to do their own thing. And a group of people believed this guy. They followed him. They liked it. And it didn't matter that he had 12 Rolls Royces. Yeah, it didn't matter, right? <laughs> it didn't matter that he uh, that uh, eventually, like, he started just buying private jets. I think it was. It's like, just a way of thinking and something that you worship, I guess. They just their lives their lives felt better because they they were at a point in their life where they followed him. Their lives got better, and then it just like, yeah, this makes sense. It's helping me. Like, yeah, it's my family. They became a family, and they just wanted to do their own thing. And they started building their own city. It's crazy, dude. They started doing their own farming, planting their own crops. Like, just they had enough people to build a city dude, like a fully operational city from from payments yeah. to like food to water to just yo yeah. have you seen the the movie midsomar on amazon prime no what is that you should watch it it's basically that same thing but it's a thriller movie and it's like uh it's a <laughs> the movie blew my mind let's just say that but it's it's a cult like that in sweden and they're in a place where it apparently never gets dark because it's in a nice part of Sweden or something. And so it's light all day. They're in the mountains in this beautiful field. And it's just like uh, a village of people that are all in a cult together. And so the the storyline, the main characters, they're like four graduate students uh, and one of the girlfriends. And they get invited to go back to one of the graduate students' hometown, which is that cult 
uh, for like their summer because it's like the summer uh, that apparently it's like a very special summer that only happens once in 90 years or whatever. So they bring these people back to the cult and it's like all good vibes. It's like beautiful scenery, beautiful weather. And as soon as you, they, you get there, they hand you a drink that has mushrooms in there. So you're just tripping balls and apparently having a really good experience. And so uh, it just gets out of control because you start to realize it's a village. They have fucking exactly it's like a community people are paying things there's jobs there's services and it's in this village but it's a big cult you know well why is it a cult so where does it turn cult where is the line from religion to cult well what that's, happens? that's the dirty question right and i'm trying to think about the wild wild country documentary and try to figure out where it turned bad i think it was just because like what, what from what i remember the, uh, like you guys can tell me if you think so or not but it's like man they were just trying to do their own thing in this community that happened to be next to people that didn't believe in them or didn't believe the way they believe they were freaked out by it they just didn't understand it and they tried to take them down because they didn't agree with it right yeah. and then that kind of caused that that group to backlash i forget what they called themselves dang it um they that caused them to backlash and fight back for their rights as yeah. what they thought they used to live their life right so then things got violent but then what defines a cult though like yeah. because yeah what defines a cult like how does it where does it turn cult from a from from a group that just wants to do their own thing take shrooms when you yeah. first walk in just trip balls well i'm thinking about it from the opposite perspective i feel like because i'm thinking well how can you say that this thing that seems like a cult is really just a religion therefore it's good because it's a religion and not a cult yeah right like christianity I grew up Christian my whole life. You, you just said you did too. And when I moved to Arizona, I stopped going to church because I was stopped being forced to go to church with my parents. And even growing up, I feel like me and most of my friends to this day, we were forced to wake up on Sunday. It was a very negative experience. Parents are yelling at you. We got to go to church. And it's like a very like a like negative emotion associated yeah. with going to church. Most of my friends, we don't go to church anymore, yeah. right? So when I came to Arizona, I'm not with my parents anymore. I've been to church for like five years, right? The only time I go is when I'm back in town and it's Christmas and my mom makes me go. Anyways, now anytime I meet, especially after the Vince Del Monte situation, especially after that, now when people uh, who are Christians talk to me about how my way of life is bad or they don't agree with it, or you know they're talking about things that they don't agree with. I'm seeing it from a uh, like a marketing capitalism perspective, and I've been out of the Christianity bubble for about five years, and I'm like, I don't know, this kind of feels culty. If it wasn't Christianity, I would feel like this person's in a cult. Yeah, so it's like, what's the difference between religion and cult? Like, I'm, I'm still, I'm still a little bit like, it's like, yeah, like where does it turn culty? <laughs> I asked because Kate the other night. I was like, what if? You were just like the type of person who woke up on Sundays and was like, this is the day that the Lord has made. Yeah. Like Case just randomly singing hymns. And I was like, what if I made my followers sing hymns about me? Like, would that make me a cult or would that just make me someone who has a song, a theme song? I don't know, dude. There's a, I, I'm not sure. I think it's a little bit of both, dude. <laughs> it's a little bit of both. Dude, the reason why we got on the topic of Scientology is because when I moved out to California to do door-to-door -door sales, yeah. selling solar panels in Yorba Linda, and I was living out of a freaking 250 by 250 casita, yeah. like just, yeah. And, and it was like, that was like four months of my life where it was like the craziest moment of my, like some of the craziest times of my life. But I went to go work for a startup solar company and do door-to-door -door sales. And this startup solar company also super like, like was listening to Grant Cardone. So when I found out Grant Cardone was a Scientologist and then I come over to this door-to-door -door sales group and then 
the the leader, right, our 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 boss, like Walid Halti, was was going to the Scientology like meetings and things like that. And then like I started studying it a little bit more, and I was just like, man, it just it's honestly just I think uh, a way to like like just personally develop yourself, but. I don't know. It's like, are you considering Scientology? No, no, no. I did consider it before. I wouldn't <laughs> okay. lie. I'm not going to lie. I think as people though, and like, even like a lot of young men nowadays, like you're looking for something to believe in too. Like maybe cause you didn't have that like strong, like father figure, like a lot of people didn't have. Right. So you're always trying to follow somebody. It's like, why do people yeah. follow like anybody? Because they believe something that they, they believe the same way that guy believes and he's living a life, lifestyle. I don't know. It's like, yeah. dude, where, where does the line get drawn between cult religion? Because if you think about it, right, like what's the difference between Scientology and, or like Mormonism and like Christianity? They all believe a certain way of living. They do it and, you know. And they all have a charismatic and, but it's, leader. But it's not, yeah, but it's not frowned upon. Christianity's not frowned upon. Mormonism is not frowned upon. Right? Well, they like, are frowned upon, but only by other religions. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's just because you don't believe the way that person believes. That's why, that's why like you don't agree with them. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, what's the difference between that and a cult, dude? I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it's basically the same exact thing, but it's who says this is okay. And who says this isn't okay. Mm. Who made the decision that, Scientology could be a religion now. Government, government made that decision. Mm. Who, uh, what does the government put on the back of every dollar bill? In God we trust. Mm -hmm. So they'd say Christianity is our religion that we've chosen to be the religion of our people, mm -hmm. right? It's a way of thinking uh, that all kind of revolves around a movement. It has, if you don't follow this set of rules, bad things will happen. If you do set it, follow this set of rules, good things will happen. And it's a lot of far off promises. So you just live your life doing this, right? Mm -hmm. And these are the things that I've noticed common between cults and religion, right? But what's the difference? When I really think about it, there's not really a difference. I think it just gets so big that eventually you have to say it's a religion. But I think the reason we started talking about it is because literally, uh, I had heard somewhere, I can't remember where, but recently they were talking about how Scientology, when they were trying to get a tax exemption as a religion, yeah. so they don't have to pay taxes, um, they apparently broke into the CIA and found some shit, like juicy shit, to, uh, to basically blackmail the government into saying, hey, we'll release all this stuff, but we won't release it if you just give us tax exemption think and that's call what us religion. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised. You think they were that deep with the CIA? They were that they were that in with them? They could have that information? Who knows? I'm just curious. Yeah, it's because it's like, that's crazy, dude. I like that conspiracy, though. I mean, they had Tom Cruise, bro. Yeah. Mission Tom Impossible. Cruise, Tom Cruise played. That's where I heard it. Tom it was Cruise, flagrant, too. Fucking Andrew Schultz. Tom Cruise the same played thing. FBI, guys. He played Mission Impossible, dudes. Yeah. He played, he played agents, bro. He was, he was in. So maybe he was... Snuck in on a rope. Yeah, dude. I mean, either way, it's like, bro, like I think at the end of the day, all religions are just trying to like make you follow a certain way of living or principles, not make you, but teach you a certain way of living or principles to like ultimately make you a better human being, right? Because if you think about it, like the- t Or just the, keep you in line, make you follow the rules so they can control you. Oh, uh, wear a mask. <laughs> yeah, wear a mask. Yeah. We're going to excommunicate you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, don't go outside. Don't get too close to each other. We wouldn't want you guys getting connected, right? No premarital sex. So what's the difference between that? Tell us all your dirty secrets. Confess your sins right now to mm. be washed of your sins. Now we know everything about you. 
Interesting. And then Scientology, they would do uh, the readings or whatever where you, you, I guess, get in front of someone and just confess. They just ask you a bunch of questions. like a, Almost like an interrogation. I forget what they call it, though. <clears throat> but um, it's all believing just a certain way of living, dude. I think yeah. it's people, uh, people think certain ways of living that they don't agree with are just crazy. Maybe that's why things get out of hand. Yo, uh, so I actually went to the Scientology Center in LA. Did you? I've always wanted to, bro. You wanted to go? I always wanted to because there's one here in uh, in Scotts, around Scotts. I just recently Just to check it out, it. dude. Just yeah. to see what goes, just to see, because if you watch the movie Going Clear, if you watch those documentaries, it you think got, it's pretty sketchy think it's pretty sketchy yeah. dude and then you drive by the one here have you drove by the one here in scottsdale yeah looks pretty sketchy dude yeah <laughs> looks pretty sketchy looks like there's one person there and there's always one car there yeah. not more than one car one car and then you're wondering who's in the store that's driving that one car yeah and what happens if i should i go in <laughs> should i come back with a friend you know, like what's Definitely going on go here with the friend? Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm just kidding. I'm just fucking around. So I mean, they're probably. I mean, like at the end of the day, they're probably. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, I saw I saw going clear. Uh, uh, yeah, and then so I knew like there was a lot of the this the shady shit going on. Shortly after that, my buddy Adam Galad, um, who lives in Topanga, so it's close to L.A. He's like, hey man, if you're coming to L.A. anytime soon, um, you should come to this one man show with me. I said, okay. Uh, I'm actually oh, yeah. gonna be there this weekend. He goes, perfect, I'm going this weekend. We'll go to a one-man show and watch it. It'll be really cool. My buddy's doing the one-man show. Anyways, uh, oh, I think Diego is here. What up, Diego? You're on the podcast. Oh, you're on the podcast? Oh yeah, we on the podcast, bro. And now you're on the podcast, Diego. And now you're on, whether you like it or not. <laughs> so don't say anything stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you here, bro? Not yet. I was wondering if you wanted me to bring anything. Uh, if you want to drink anything, that'd be cool. Patrick's trying to get. Yeah, bring some bitches too. Oh, <laughs> and by bitches I mean beautiful women. Church going ladies only. Yeah, not for me. I'll be out of here. All right. Uh, all right, man. We'll see you in a bit. Um, he said he's just now leaving. I don't know. Didn't catch it. All right, so back on the fucking story. Uh, literally, I was like, all right, cool. One man show. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm driving into LA uh, when I'm actually driving there. Hey, I just got to town. Where is this place? Because uh, he, he wanted to meet there. He sends me the address, and it's the Scientology Center, bro. <laughs> he didn't even say the Scientology Center. What did you think when you pulled up? Did you, did it, did you know it was I a Scientology said, plot spot? Like, Nah, I didn't until I saw the sign. And I was like, yo, that's the fucking Scientology building. Was it the blue one? It's the main one in the LA, one, like right? Hollywood. Yeah. So, Wow. Okay. So, 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 yeah, so keep going. there's levels here. So literally, uh, I go there with, I meet up with Adam. I'm like, is this the right place? He goes, yeah, it's the right place. I literally put a vlog on YouTube of me get going there that weekend. Uh, literally. And so we go in and I'm like looking over my shoulder. There's a restaurant in the front of it. So there's hella people, like all the tables are packed Oh wow! and, and people are just eating and it seems like such a pleasant people got to nice eat Patrick. Place. people yeah. got to eat they were eating in this weird area yeah. they had they had a cafe at yeah. the very front of their building yeah that's weird man and they're all just like <laughs> imagine if you fucking walk up and they go 
and they all just like set down their silverware at the same time and all just look at you. Yeah, they, they immediately know you're not one of <laughs> yeah. them. They're like, that's what I was afraid was gonna happen the entire time. I was like waiting for some crazy shit to happen. I was looking over my shoulder. I thought people were gonna, gonna fucking put a bag over my head and take me into some dark Get room. him! Yeah. Get him! Yeah. We got one! We got one! <laughs> I, I thought they were gonna know I wasn't a, a real Scientologist. Sign this 100,000 yeah. year contract to commit your life to us. You know yeah. about that, right? They would sign, like I think it was like 100,000 years or something like that. Damn. They, they would they would soul. sign a contract. I think it was when you joined their, um, it's called, uh, uh, it's like this naval academy or this this ship thing. I don't know, man. I forget what exactly it's called, but you sign like a 100,000 year contract, I'm pretty sure. Or maybe 10,000. I don't know what it is, but yeah. you sign it and then you just like go do a minimum wage job and like it's crazy. But anyways, like yeah. they would have they would have made you do that, bro. They would have made you sign the contract. Patrick, sign this contract right now if That's you want to get out of here. That's like uh, what happened to the the Central Park Five. The five black guys who got arrested for a rape and murder they didn't do. Oh, I've heard about that. The police. Uh, anyways, this is a different yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so anyway, you walk in, yeah. cafe, keep so going. So I walk around with Adam and the, there's like this big auditorium with the stage. You know Tom Cruise has had to sit on that stage at one point in time. You just know, right? And so literally uh, we sit in the audience. There's really a one-man show. And this guy, Ted McGrath. Uh, and you've probably seen his Facebook ads or his YouTube ads or his video ads. He's like, hey, Ted McGrath here. And if you have ever been curious about how to write presentations that sell, I want to give away my free script that sells you uh, exactly how to make presentations, video presentations that sell. Anyways, yeah, he started running hella ads. Dude's killing it. He's there. So he's there at the, at the audience. Yeah, this is several years ago. So before he became the big ads guy, right? Interesting. And uh, he's tells a he has a one-man show and it's his show about his life you know and uh i sat there and watched it and in the show he talks about how he got into scientology because he was at a low point um so anyways uh uh he opened it up to q a after the one-man show and Did you ask a question bro <laughs> tell me you asked a question i i asked a question yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> what'd you ask dude? i forget what what question i i think i asked him more about um how to get more clients in a coaching business because he's a coach right <laughs> yeah at yeah. the time i was like struggling to that's where your mindset videos. was bro yeah. everyone's trying to like learn these deep probably profound i don't know maybe not yeah people are asking questions about who he is a per as a person i'm just like bro how do you, you make money dude yeah how do you make money because how he, are you making that amount that amount of money he was what like he, harvey specter yeah so what do you say what do you say he uh gave you some I, advice I, it was yeah. yeah i don't remember okay okay yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but uh anyways yeah, I didn't realize he was a Scientologist, but it, I think it really is hearing these people talk about it. It's like they get people in yes. a low moment and they give them a better way of living and then they fucking lock them in. Well, I don't even, I mean, yeah, like I don't even think it's they get them in though. You somehow find your way in, like, you know, yeah. like you're at a point in your life where things just really aren't going your way. You hear about, like, for example, you watch the going clear. It's like they hear about this, they hear about this other actor who's crushing it, who invites you to this, who's doing better, invites you to this meeting or whatever and then you're yeah. just like ah this seems chill and then one thing leads to another one thing leads to <laughs> another another upsell another upsell another upsell and it's just like now you're now you're living and committing and signing hundred thousand year contracts dude it's like you accidentally walked into an orgy yeah <laughs> and now you're stuck and now you're the guy who was also at the orgy <laughs> yeah you don't feel like you can leave either because it's like will it be weird if i leave and then they don't want then they then they well i guess here's where it turns culty here's where it turns culty full circle baby yes it's when they <laughs> it's when they say you can't leave or is it when they when you try leaving 
they don't they make you try not to leave or they make you feel bad or they kick you out and say you're not good enough and they just kill and they just like not kill they they, they uh make your life a living hell after that because like you're you were in now you're out dude yeah now you're freaking out yeah let's get them let's freaking get them <laughs> don't they call them like squirrels or something yeah squirrels dude it's crazy man that's where it turns that's where it turns culty when you start doing stuff like that so i think for the most part like maybe that's what the difference between a religion and christianity they don't really shun you they don't really go after they you. do do they what what was the whole vince Salmani situation <laughs> well okay so so yeah that's true that's true um i i yeah it's like people get so i mean people just believe it so badly that they just don't agree with other people yeah. don't believe it so did you know in mormonism do you know much about mormonism uh i know that the from joe rogan's podcast he talks about it a lot actually did you know that they believe that if you live a good life by all the mormon ways um, and I'm not talking shit for any of the Mormon people. I did door to a ton of Mormons. I have a lot of friends who are Mormon, right? But they believe that if you live by the Mormon way and you do things the right way and you're a good person, at the end of your life, you will be reincarnated into a god of your own planet. And every person, every male, it's only the men in, in Mormonology. The men, if they live that life, they can be the god of their own planet after they die see who wouldn't want to believe something like that bro yeah who wouldn't want to believe something like that what is something like that where did where do you even get that idea <laughs> like dude isn't it like in the muslim faith and i hey not disrespecting to anybody i'm just guessing here isn't it like you can have eight wives or something if you when you die i don't know if that is true i want to be in that well that's what i'm saying dude it's like they all have a different pitch yeah. it's just a different pitch it's a different it's oh yeah a different you get pitch. 72 virgins yeah something like that dude and it's yeah. like what why do you want a virgin Chris. they're just annoying in bed anyways oh this is dude this is so in terms of direct response copy like the more you're in in the sales game and the marketing game and the advertising game the more you realize it's all a pitch it's all an opt-in like straight Chris, up Chris, like for example i was talking to, with this about to a few friends it's like christianity has the best opt-in ever mm. it's just hey Preach. it's like it's just dude uh say you accept jesus christ as your lord and savior yeah and you won't go to hell straight up and then just come to church every sunday at the very minimum What's the very live first... your life like this and dude you're not gonna go to hell and it's it's like the it's almost like the pitch of the fear though and like i'm not saying this is like in a bad thing like dude dude it's just like think about it though i'm just like from thinking, i'm just thinking about it from like a funnel standpoint yeah a market because whenever i would go to church the more i got in direct response marketing the more i would just see the preacher up there the pastor up there and just start studying him what he's doing like how he's communicating to the people his pitch is just a sales pitch yeah but it's to get more people to come back and then because they know their lifetime value if they get you to stick is like x amount right mm -hmm. i don't know i'm just thinking about it from like a sales and marketing perspective too. i i agree man literally i i think i i I've, I've told so many stories in my day and i got so many of them so you've probably if anybody's heard this story fuck it i'm gonna tell it again <laughs> you know but literally i went to uh uh church with my mom last christmas eve and it's a new church because she's moved to a new neighborhood or whatever mm -hmm. and literally i go in i realize okay this is a business they're funneling people in the door and how do they get money at some point they're going to ask us for a donation right what do they call they call it communion mm -hmm. right so anyways you uh donate whatever and even in the bible they tell you 
hey, you should give to the church, right? And they actually, which there's a parable in the Bible where a poor lady gave 25, or like a little coin, right? I was about to say 25 cents, but they didn't have USD back in the day. So they gave a little coin, and one of the guards of the church got mad at the lady because the lady didn't only gave that much. Mm. People here give way more than that. And then, uh, and then the wise man who came, and he's all the religious leader here, he shamed the 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 guard guard and said hey this lady gave everything she had Mm. these people who give more they don't give shit compared to what they could give you know and it trains you give more to the church you you have more than that so you better give more it's your duty to god dude tie 10 percent yeah Ties ten percent, dude. Tie ten yeah. percent. I think Mormons they 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 tithe way more than that. I think it's like thirty percent, dude. Talk about that for a, a freaking tax exemption, dude. Yeah. So like that's but that's it's yeah, dude. It's <laughs> just like studying religion from a business perspective and just like cults too. Okay, so like think about this, like Dan Locke, right? Mm-hmm. He's getting exposed for having a cult. He's he's the guy, you know, like the the guy where like <laughs> I heard stories where when you would um try to go off and do your own thing he would make a video about you like you're blackmailed and stuff like that and like people would just it's like what's the difference he would do that uh, i mean i don't know i heard about that yeah i heard i heard that (laughs) i don't know i think so maybe well i've i've heard that i've heard that it's a pretty big accusation no if it's true but i've heard that so like i think like it's just a different type of religion, bro. Dan yeah. Locks is teaching you how to make money. Christianity just teach like it's like different. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not comparing Dan yeah. Locke to Christianity by any means. By the way, I'm just thinking about the similarities between both. Well, the revenue generating aspect of it. The, yeah, it's like, dude, because I'm like if, with Christianity, right? It's like they want you to they, almost they they um they talk about like volunteering. You want to yeah. you want to give back. You want to volunteer, right? And then you're kind of going to, like it's just. It's just different micro commitments almost because you you want that end goal and whatever that end goal is like you're following that religion because they're they're saying hey we can help you with that yeah and or that business or that cult yeah I I would say in general religions do keep uh, do a lot of good a lot of people need faith or something to be optimistic about um, however I don't know that I necessarily agree with like we've been talking about the revenue generating parts. Mm. Just because, like I said, now I'm in the frame of like, I haven't been in church in a while. I, I know about building businesses. Literally, at that Christmas Eve I was talking about, I knew a sales pitch was coming at some point. I was waiting for it. And they literally gave the most blatant sales pitch that if this was to a room of marketers, we would have all laughed. Mm. But it's to a room of people who already know they need to donate something. So am I gonna donate a lot today? Well, tell me about the cause. So literally I sat there on Christmas Eve at a Christmas Eve service and half of the service was, you know, obviously singing at the beginning. They they do all the singing at the beginning so you feel like you got what you came for, you know, and then we can pitch to you. And so now uh, they the, the pastor goes on this motivational rant that is just like any shitty YouTuber trying to be a, like a coach, like yeah. I was back in the day, right? Before, like anybody with a camera and a YouTube channel could make a rant just like this. And he was going on a rant and then he would tie it back to lessons in the Bible. And I was like, okay, I see what's happening here. I see what's happening here. And then he says, now I wanna play you a video. And it plays a video of them in some third world country and they're interviewing this lady. They built a home for her in this little in this little village and she's crying and they said, and if you donate right now, uh, we can build more homes like this for even more people like that. And so, yeah, 
one home or a bunch of homes only costs you know, $2,000, but your donation will make a big difference. So I could tell that he was trying to downplay that he's going to get a lot more than 2K from this room right now. This is a room in Kansas City where there's probably a lot of rich people and this church was packed. It was like a college auditorium, right? And so literally, I know he's going to get a lot more than 2K. My mom told me that the previous year they made $20 million at that church. Mm. Tax free. Dude must be good. The dude, dude plays videos that of people must, crying. That pitch must have been tight. It, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That pitch must have been like he because you said you knew it was coming because you're a copywriter at heart, dude. Yeah. Like, like you you know how the pitch, like you know the structure, you know. And it's just like it's all a pitch, dude. This life is a pitch. This life is just a big sales pitch, dude. Yeah. Life is just a big sales pitch, religion included. Like And what is sales? Sales is an exchange of money. What is money? It's a man-made creation from a man-made system. You exchange money for offers sold or for goods or for services. You exchange money to get a result. It's all sales. It's all marketing. It's just business. Religion is a business. They are a business. Like they just, their goal is to be profitable, to make money, to grow, to expand, to, to make their mission bigger. What business doesn't want to grow? What business doesn't want to expand? What business doesn't want to make more money to do more? Yeah. It's a business, dude. Religion is a business. And then there's cults. <laughs> <laughs> I would argue that there's no difference between a religion and a cult. I think it's just that I would love for everybody who watches this <laughs> to debate about it. in the What's comments. the difference? I'm, yeah. I'm genuinely curious. I'm not saying like, I think it's just like, let's get a discussion here. Cause I, I want, I'm curious, dude. Yeah. When does it turn culty? When does it turn culty? And we'll figure it out, dude. You know what I think would be really fun. Uh, this is an idea I've been playing with that I think I really want to do for my dating advice channel. Um, and I think it'd be a fun concept in general for like a show, but I was watching morning sports television, the sports debate shows, especially after the Chiefs play. I got to watch it and see what they say, right? Uh, and so I was watching it. I was like, huh, I could film a video that looks like that. I could edit it to look like that. And I was like, holy shit. What if I just got other dating coaches on my channel and we just debated about shit <laughs> and we just made it super intense like a fucking sports show? Should you text her the same night of the first date? Three, two, one, go. It's like one minute rounds, one minute rounds, yeah. rebuttals, rebuttals. And it's just like a, almost like, a, yeah, a, a morning talk show debate, but on like topics related to like the industry or just like yeah. that topic. That's sick. That's and I think idea. it'd be, uh, so I realized on those shows, rarely do they just go, I agree, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they always have an opposite stance. So it's always made me wonder, do they talk about who's going to take what stance before the show? And do they have to intentionally argue something that they might not agree just for the sake of making an interesting show? Yeah. I mean, it's television, bro. It's entertainment. Yeah. There's, there's a reason why millions of people watch it because they know the topics they talk about are going to cause controversy and people wanting to tune in. Mm. And it's like, they got to be polarizing. It's just, but I also believe a lot that they believe what they're saying too. It's like, but it's a lot of, I mean, it's entertainment. It's television scripted for sure. After hearing you say that, I think that would definitely blow up the dating advice channel. Yeah. Like I'm going to call it dating coach debate and we'll go into it. I'll talk to whoever I bring on, or maybe I have the same person on every time, right? Like Skip and Shannon, yeah. you know, or I just bring on new dating coaches and it's like, bring me the next one. Yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah. Crush it's like, it's like, a, it's like wild and out, bro. But for yeah. dating coaches, one-on-one, -on -one, yeah. you versus Scott Jack, you versus whoever else, like just, just like talking about your different concepts and what you believe and all that stuff. I would want to have an agreement that almost like make it a game, like, uh, all right, we're going to have 10 minutes and we're going to go through like three or four topics and give, give each topic a certain amount of time and almost like a game to where 
will trade off who can go first and whoever goes first gets to choose however they want to argue it. The other person has to take the opposite stance and they have to debate that stance. Interesting. I mean, dude, it sounds like an entertaining show. Yeah. Like you could even do like reviews of like infield footage and stuff. <laughs> like, you know, this guy did this wrong. You see, I think he actually did that right. But like, this is where he fucked up. And then you just start going into that. Yeah. There's a lot. I mean, that that's a, that's a, that's a great idea, dude, for sure. Or that's just an easy way show. to con just connect with any, every other dating coach too. True. Just in, in your network, just to say what's up anyways. And then the more you guys help each other, everyone wins. True. I think I could even bring an element like that to this show. Yeah, for sure. We could debate about anything. Certain topics. I mean, that's what usually the evolution of the podcast is too. Yeah. It's like, if, if I look at the podcast I listen to, they all have some sort of, I don't know. Sometimes they have some, no, they don't. Joe Rogan's doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. There's topics sometimes. Like what? Like if they, they choose topics to talk about. Like for example, um, what's uh, Andrew Schultz, right? Yeah. Uh, Schultz, Jesus. Schultz. Andrew Schultz. Um he he talks about the stuff that's happening like and like the stuff that everyone's talking about they always go into it on the podcast days because that's trending it's right now yeah um so it's like that's like the debate we just talked about yeah i'm always in a kind of a pickle i guess with this podcast i'm still trying to find the identity for this podcast we're mm. essentially like 20 episodes in but i'm in this for the long haul and I've said this from the beginning, even before we got any episodes out, I was like, this is my thing for the next 20, 30 years That's sick. that I'm going to enjoy doing. Yeah. And I'm just going to make it something I look forward to doing. And it's, I don't even consider it a side hustle at this point. It's just something I do in my free time because I enjoy it, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but I'm still feeling like I need to find an identity, but I think that's also the conflict I'm having is like, I don't want it to be pigeonholed into a certain identity. Like I created this precisely because I didn't feel like I could do this on my dating advice channel. So I don't want to have be only the guest based podcast. If you're not bringing on better guests next time, then we're not going to listen in anymore. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going it's like a hybrid model. Yeah. It's like I can do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> like I'm, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And, and I think it'll evolve and find its identity over time. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I'm looking forward to that moment, but uh, I also feel like I may or may not be turning off some listeners who are listening for the guests or some listeners who are listening because they love Brian's takes on things, you know, mm. uh, or, you know, maybe they're listening in to see what stupid shit Patrick says, you know, <laughs> dude, either way they're listening. Yeah. Either way they're listening. Either so. way, all two of you are listening right but now. But I think it's, at the end of the day too, it's like not just to get people to listen, but it's also for you at the same time. It's like, dude, how cool is it going to be 20, 30 years from now when you have a catalog of your own show to listen back to when you're just like, Oh, dude, I totally forgot about this episode. Well, yeah. like, where was that? And you can go search and you have your catalog, right? Yeah. It's like, I think why it's it's just, and then plus it's going to live on for like, you know, for as long as forever, pretty much. Now that's on the internet. Yeah. So that's sick too. I think the next goal is to get a bigger room than this tiny fucking room so I can fit four microphones, five microphones, yeah. um, and just have a whole gang of people. I had another idea I want to try one of these days. Um, I got it from Bridger's, uh, you know, you, can we even call it a poker game? <laughs> I wasn't there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you weren't there, but uh, uh, it was. Eh, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't poker. No? I'll tell. I'll just say that I can get into why it wasn't poker. You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna get into <laughs> it because for the sake of conversation, when your buddy says, "Hey, man, 
let's come to poker. Let's do poker. And we're planning this for a while. Literally, you show up expecting we're going to play some poker. We're going to put down some money. I've played poker since high school. I was super obsessed in high school. Yeah. I've even gone to the casino and lost a few hundred bucks here and there. Yeah. Right. So I like Texas Hold'em. So I show up and <laughs> in classic Bridger fashion. This is like a part of his charm. I feel like, you yeah. know, <laughs> he's just so young and he's like happy go lucky. He's like, yeah, man, let's play poker. He busts out this big fucking deck. And I'm like, yo, is that an Uno cards? That looks like a big fucking deck, bro. And he goes, nah, man, it's, it's our poker deck. We're gonna play poker. I was like, there's 52 cards in a deck. How many cards are there? He goes, yeah, this is two decks. I was like, Bridger, how are we going to play with two decks? There's going to be like eight aces out on the table. How does it work? He goes, well, I was talking to Alyssa's dad and he was telling me, yeah, if you have more people, you just add more cards. I'm like, Bridger, that's not how poker works, bro. So it's already off to a bad start. It's already off. And then he had one friend. And here's the thing. This is like, I understand now why when you go to the casino and you don't know how to play blackjack and you sit down at a table with guys who know what they're doing and you don't know basic strategy they all hate you yeah i get that now yeah because literally that's me <laughs> I'm yeah that guy. I, i'm that guy with blackjack Fuck too. it let's just hit right here dude yeah. blackjack baby yeah and then the other guy's like you stole my card when you should have passed it hey bro. i made it dude yeah. i made it sucks yeah you yeah. fucked up for the whole table it's like i don't know that's me anyways. so anyways so bridger's friend you would like this is like I've met one person like this where I was talking about the new Avengers movie and they're like, wait, what's that? And I'm like, Avengers? And they're like, oh yeah, I don't watch those movies. I'm like, so you've never seen Iron Man? No, no. Like, how about the Incredible Hulk? How about Cap? No, I haven't seen any of those fucking movies. I've only met one person like that and I was mind blown, okay? I've now met a person who doesn't even know what a pair is in poker. I didn't know those people existed, okay? Bridger's friend knew so little about poker. He didn't know what a pair was. He didn't know what a straight ace, like a, a straight was. He didn't know what an ace was, what an ace did. He didn't know any of this shit. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay, well, if we're gonna play, like at least I'm gonna be playing with beginners, right? So then we start saying, uh, let's play a few practice hands and I'm realizing this guy's just not going to get it while we're sitting here. It's not going to, you can't so learn. You start getting frustrated. Dude. Yeah. I was then frustrated before we you. even started. Oh. I was frustrated before we even started. Then we're about to get started and we're like, all right, well, how much should we put down? Like 20, 25. And we were thinking about $20 a person. It's just guys were just hanging out. Um, it's five of us. Right. And then his buddy goes, well, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. So I don't think I would want to put down any money. And I'm thinking, Mother, if you're playing, you're putting down money. Yeah. That's how this fucking works. And Bridger and, and Clark and, and uh, Lucas, they were there and they're like, well, okay, well, it makes sense. You don't, you don't have to put down money. So literally, I'm don't outnumbered. Don't tell me he won, bro. No, no, no. Here's, oh. here's why it gets fucked up. Because we're playing poker with five guys and one of them has no skin in the game and also doesn't know what the fuck he's doing so when he bets you don't know why he's betting mm. he doesn't even know why he's betting and when he folds he doesn't know why he's folding he, nobody knows no why skin he's folding. in the game no skin in the game doesn't even care doesn't even matter to him and he's not even going to try to learn doesn't, because doesn't he has nothing on the line nothing to lose so literally we come up to a hand where everybody folds and i'm betting people and uh literally he's the last person who is in and so then he raises me and i say hey guys I don't care what he has. 
I'm gonna fold right now. Here's why, valuable lesson, because he has no skin in the game. Why would I lose my chips to someone who doesn't have any money on the table? So I'm just gonna fold every time I play against him. Are you guys okay with that? And they say, yeah, oh yeah, that makes sense. And I'm, I can feel the light bulb moments going off in everybody's head. And then literally the entire time, this kid is doing God knows what, but talking everybody's ear off. We're playing poker here for money and he's just talking. And we're, we're taking 30 minute breaks in the middle of hands yeah. because people are just talking which is fine but i'm like yo if we're gonna talk and hang out let's go to dinner but if we're gonna play poker and i have money on the line let's fucking play poker anyway so um, 20 bucks dude jesus <laughs> it, it's not it's a matter it's of the principle. principle it's the principle it's a matter of principle yeah. but that ladies and gentlemen is why you invest in scientology no i'm just kidding <laughs> pay to play dude when you pay to play yes. you pay attention and it's like that's why you invest like it that that whole scenario right reminded me of um like the freebie seeker, right? They just like, they don't take it seriously, bro. Yeah. Cause you don't take it seriously, yeah. but maybe he just didn't really want to play poker or know how to play poker too. It was just a matter of, it was, a, it was a combination of things. So I was motivated. I said, you know what? What if I just had a podcast where the whole concept of my podcast was I link up once a week and play poker with the boys and we talk about shit, yeah. you know, but we're playing poker too. Yeah. yeah you got yeah. the cigar, you know, it's the classic thing. And maybe we even, it levels up and we get a professional dealer in here and it's once a week. We're Jeez, playing poker, we're just talking about shit. Yeah. You know? That sounds like a great idea, dude. I'd be down. But down we'd have to, to have people who know. Like then that adds another element of fun to it because it's like, oh, who do we want to have in? And we're like very selective because we don't want them to fuck up the game, you know? <laughs> so then people that are in our friends group and start watching it, they're going to start practicing poker. Yeah. Come on, dude. I, I saw I've been practicing, dude. You're going to get scientists who want to come on the show <laughs> one day just practicing. Like, I got to make it onto that table. It's like hot you know? ones, except instead of wings, you got to be able to play poker really well. So that means I have to learn how to play poker. <laughs> Here, here's what I'm realizing. It's like the same thing with golf. We got a lot of ideas. They're yeah. off the wall. Yeah. They're so off the wall that I think they just might work. Yeah. And the only way to find out is test if we it. just try it. Just test it, yeah. dude. Just test it. And that's, I think, what is cool about Raw and Relentless. There's no identity here. Is it guest-based? Who the fuck knows? Mm. Is it is it friends-based, just talking shit? Who the fuck knows? Are we talking about personal development? Talking about money? Are we talking about aliens? Who the fuck knows? Yeah. But what if we had once a week where we played poker with the boys? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit that was hilarious yeah dude it's like you're finding it right now we don't know dude we don't know but you're finding it that's sick so it's like eventually it's gonna form itself into something that like is whatever you want it to be and people are gonna fucking ride with it anyways yeah that's the best part well if even if they don't fuck it yeah it's still for you yeah yo i was telling kate uh your idea um last night because you you were like why don't we just call it bad influencers and just ha be like you, me, and Clark the whole time. I think that would be a good show. So good that it deserves to be a separate entity from Raw and Relentless. Yeah, it's gotta be. It, that has to be like, that would be <laughs> that would be a sick podcast too. All three of those ideas. This, this, the poker one, and then the, the bad influencers with all three of us would be sick. Because it would just be like us hanging out normally anyways. Yeah. But just talking about some real bad influencers. Like if you think if you don't like the show, we told you it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks. It's like we're not your typical influencers that are going to be. I'm not even that we're influencers. Like we're not even trying to be your typical influencers. We're trying to like uh, just be perfect. It's like, dude, this is just yeah. how it is. I wonder. And this is kind of why I like Raw and Relentless as as just a, a show title, because I wonder if it'll feel outdated. And I don't want to talk shit because I'm not talking shit by any means. Right. At all. This is not this is just for the sake of example. We have a friend, Dane, 
whose podcast is Young, Wild, and Rich, right? Dane, I want him on the podcast. I want to talk to him. Yeah, I was just talking sick. to him today about it. Dane's awesome. Regardless, uh, you guys started that podcast together back in the day, right? Mm -hmm. And now he has it all to himself, and it's called Young, Wild, and Rich. I remember when you started that and you guys were doing it at first, I thought, wow, what a cool concept for a podcast. But in 2020, I think back on it, I'm like, I wonder if Brian would be happy if he was still doing that podcast mm -hmm. because now we're not young, wild, and want to be rich. We're getting older and we're probably not as wild and we are, no matter how much money we make, we still feel like we need more, right? <laughs> so uh, it's like, do can you as a host even identify it? Do you outgrow it? And mm. I feel like maybe is bad influencers one of those things that might be outdated five years from now? Yeah, I also think thinking like for me, when I think like that, like in the whole like long-term game, it really stops me from taking action. Really? It's like analysis paralysis. Mm. Because even with my content, right? I haven't been back on YouTube consistently in forever. I haven't been posting really much content. It's just that analysis paralysis. But your channel also never had its identity. Exactly. I never would. I never stuck at it long enough to like figure it out. I guess. Um, and that's what I struggle with now. It's like I think about, well, should I do workout videos? Like it's like I don't want to do the just straight workout videos. I, I want to talk about. I honestly want to do something similar to this. But it's like, should I should I make that like a daily one one episode on? The, like I just overthink a lot of that stuff. But I think uh, that's why it's just like just try it. So I'm telling this. I'm telling myself this right now. It's like, dude, just try all of those ideas. Yeah. And just create it and just see what you liked see what people liked do more of that i also think that there's an element to i like that and i think a week ago i would have been like yeah sounds good now i'm starting to realize just because literally joe rogan like getting a lot of shit from his new studio and then realizing he doesn't give a fuck he's just gonna keep making podcasts right <laughs> yeah, he likes it dude. it's a spaceship and i think there's partially something to be said about that and i can relate to that in the sense that as a youtube creator and just like you said you're like, I don't know, will this idea work? I don't know, let's try it. it. I don't think it's just about trying it. I think it's about trying it and then doing it long enough to give it its fair shot, mm. you know? Like if I try a vlog, I've tried vlogging in the past, but I did like five vlogs total, you know? That's not really trying it. Mm. Trying it is trying it for a year, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's like Clark, Clark and I talked about this the other day. It's like, you know, when I first started doing my YouTube channel, it was just fully vlogs. The editing on those would take, I would do like one vlog a week or two vlogs a week, but the editing would take forever. And he was like, yeah, I, I did it myself too. It's like, I, I just, it, the editing, the transitions, it's just taking so long, but he can produce like direct to camera videos a lot quicker with, with, you know, a, a, a very brief outline topics and what the end goal is like help, like helpful tips and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's like, just try, I don't know, dude, see. This is good. This is a good conversation though, because I think a lot of people struggle with this. They all have an idea. They all have something they want to do creative wise, but it's like, what's that thing? Like, is that going to be the right thing? Should this be the right thing? And it's like, man, I think the answer is also tested, but tested long enough, like you said, to see if it's the thing. Yeah. 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 Also, I think, you know, there's something to be said about people are so indecisive these days. Like literally you you kind of like psychoanalyzing that right now. It reminded me of a conversation I had with a guy who was considering my pro program last week. And he was so just fucking indecisive. And I he started asking me every other question and he's like, well, will it do this for me? Will it help me get back my, my ex-girlfriend? And I just came to the, I realized this makes me a way better salesperson because I really don't care if I have his business or not, right? So I said to him, what if I told you this program won't get you your girlfriend back? Would, would, would that change how you view the program? And he literally said to me, he goes, well, now that you say that, I guess it's kind of like a lose, it's like a win-win if I try it or not. Because if I try it and I don't get her back, 
I at least have that information and I'm exactly where I am now, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I guess you're right, <laughs> you know? So do you want in or not? And indecisiveness, like, you know what? I want in, I fucking want in. I said, all right, cool. Like if you're sure, you know, uh, make, a, make a decision because this same fucking fear that's keeping you on the fence right now, uncertainty, that's the same shit that guys deal with them when they're like, I don't know, should I ask her for a number? Should I approach her? Like it's the same fucking hesitation, yeah, yeah. right? So how do you want to overcome it? Well, let's start right now. Join the fucking program. It's going to help you actually get girls. Yeah, you just right? said it made sense. Then make it make sense for yourself. Yeah, and, and he even told me he had money, right? Mm -hmm. So anyways, I told him, because I was like, your deadline, you know, I'm going to be sending you emails until Thursday. That's technically the last day you can join. But we're on the phone right this second. You saw the live training we did, and uh, you liked it, right? And you want in, and you're considering coming to the boot camp. Well, if you already want to come, come to the boot camp, this is going to save you that money anyways, because it gives you the boot camp for free. And so this is the conversation I'm having with him. He goes, you know what? I want to come to the boot camp. I'm going to join right now. I'll see you at, in February or whatever. That's sick. I said, all right, man. So I'm going to go because it's 1030 and you called me at like fucking Monday night at 1030. Like, come on now. And so, <laughs> uh, and I literally only took it because I said, why not? I just got off this live training and he's curious about the program I was just talking about. Yeah. Right. And so anyways, he never joined. He didn't even join. He, I texted him the next day. I was like, hey, man, I didn't see it come through that night. Uh, you know, did you change your mind or, uh, you know, is everything all right? He goes, yeah, I guess uh, I think I'll just wait until Thursday and think about it some more. Wow. You know, and here's the thing. Perfectly fine to think. But how many people don't actually take action or invest in themselves or have a, a fucking different trajectory that could be way better for your life because of indecisiveness? You Dude, know? Yeah. It's true. It's like when you when you can't commit to something. It's it's a lot of the to do with the commitment. When you commit to it by you know a lot of like paying to play or whatever, or putting skin in the game. Like we talked about the poker reference, even just with investing in your skills to get better with attracting women. It's all the same thing. It's just commitment, and you're committing with money. Yeah, it's a business, right? You're paying to get the result. The result. This information can possibly help you get to there faster. But unless you commit, you're never gonna know. And like. The not knowing is where people get held up because especially nowadays, there's so many options. There's the internet. You can go on your phone, you get hit with so many ads, you, your, your, your TV, you're walking around with the uh, modern day television, right? Modern day television, everyone's advertising at you. You can see every, anything at a moment's notice. There's so many options that people are afraid to make the wrong decision, I think too, because they're afraid that it's not the right decision. I, I'm talking a lot about myself right now too, with like the content and all that stuff, the business model. How do, what do I sell? All this stuff. Like, what do I offer? It's like, dude, just, I don't know. Just make the decision and just go. But like that guy, yeah, it's the same thing. It's the same feeling. He just maybe had too many options or you didn't just, maybe you just didn't hard close him. Yeah. Giving him the option, it's, it's open till Thursday, yeah. but let's just do it now. And then, yeah. then use like all 50 of Grant Cardone's sales closing, closing lines. See, I could easily do that, but I gave no fucks. Like, because like literally at the end of the day, you didn't need them. So I, didn't, like, I don't need You weren't him. from a place of like yeah. need. You're like, dude, it's not anything to me. It's like, you want to come, you want to come. It's yeah. till Thursday, but like, why don't you just do it now? And then that guy's like, oh, but you don't care either way. Yeah. At that, I feel like I'm at the point in my life right now where if I'm on a call and a guy's considering buying my program, dude. If you want to do it, join. Yeah. If not, let's get off the phone because why am I having this conversation? Yeah. Right. Cause I'm never going to see you again if you don't join. Right. Mm -hmm. So like at, at a certain point, I'm just like, um, are we, you just want to keep wasting my time or not? Like, yeah. It's like, yeah, give them the time for sure. But also it's like at the same time, 
you kind of want to surround yourself with people that are going to be similar to you. It's like, you know, if that guy's going to be a little bit, hesitant, you kind of, you do one, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything, right? It's like that guy probably doesn't commit also to other areas of his life. Yeah. He's just on the fence. He's heads. Should I do it? Should I like maybe with his health too or something? I'm just throwing out assumptions, but like, it's the same thing. It's like, do, would you really want him at the boot camp? Right. If he wasn't like, dude, I'm all in, let's do this. I'm like, super stoked. I'm going to make this work and I have the money to do it. So like, let's just do it. This is a no brainer. Yeah. That guy going to bring a totally different vibe and energy actually participate than the guy that's like, um, yeah, I think I'm going to wait till Thursday. And then like Thursday comes, maybe he joins, maybe he doesn't, but whatever. It's like, he's like, uh, I don't think it's the right time. I'm going to think I'm going to wait till next year. It's like, yeah, that guy would have been like at the boot camp going, um, uh, like, hey, get up here, whatever his name is. Come, yeah. come, come do this role play. Uh, I don't, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. It's like, boo, right? Fuck that guy. Yeah. Everyone else is doing it. Everyone else is doing it. Yeah. I yeah. should say fuck that guy. He paid, but. And I feel like a lot of people struggle with this. Like I did this with the podcast. I talked about it for two years before I pulled the trigger, you know, and mm. I'll do it next year. I'll do it next year. But I just realized, oh shit, 30s coming. Am I going to start it before I'm in my 20s well, yeah. you know, while I'm still in my 20s? Um, yeah, man. So fucking indecisiveness. Like, and, and I was thinking about this other night. I was like, I got asked, oh, this is a fucking story on its own. Uh, I'll tell the story, but I'll also make this point I was going to make. Uh, I got asked what my favorite movie was. And I was like, huh, good, good, good question. I've seen so many fucking movies. The paradox of choice makes it impossible for me to pick out one movie that is my absolute favorite because I've seen how many thousands of movies <laughs> in my life, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so it's like, do you want favorite this year or favorite in the last 30 years? You instantly think of like five movies now. Yeah. Yeah, it's like five movies. Exactly. And so the paradox of choice made it hard for me to make a decision. Uh, and, and that's when I realized... Man, the paradox of choice is evil, man. It keeps you super indecisive and in the in your fucking bubble. And maybe that's where religion and cults do something because they don't really give you the choice, bro. Yeah. Here's the way to live. Here's everything you need to know. Do it. That's why they're drawn to the charismatic leader. And literally, um, I have a feeling like if anybody says something with enough conviction, people will follow him. Yeah. Anybody, right? And what is religion? It is the guy with speaking with the most conviction. I saw no difference between the, the pastor of the $20 million a year church giving a sales pitch for communion so you could donate to these cheap homes that the profit margin that they take home on is insane, but they don't advertise that part, mm -hmm. right? So I see him no different than I see fucking Hitler or fucking Jim Jones telling people to drink the Kool-Aid, right? You're all just charismatic speakers speaking with conviction because, or even just the YouTuber, there's no difference, yeah. right? Because he's giving a rant that's trying to feel, make you feel good about where you are in your life the same way I would if I was talking to a guy who's super down in the dumps about his dating situation, yeah. right? I saw zero difference and it just made me realize someone who has enough conviction can say anything and people will listen. Perfect example, I told you Matt Maddox. Mm -hmm. Guys, nobody speaks with more conviction than Matt Maddox, yeah. right? And what happened? We show up to his birthday and the guy's giving lectures like he's Jesus, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> he wants he wants to save you, bro. He wants to save you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's there's I think the the goal though is like always it starts off great. It starts off great. Then where does it turn into a cult, dude? It brings us back full circle. Where does yeah. it turn culty? Well, as soon as I think I think you could argue that as soon as you start making people feel bad for not agreeing with your way of life. Yeah, and then you start shunning them, harassing them, whatever. In reality, what what makes that any different than Tucker? Tucker's getting excited about this cult talk. Yeah, or Diego's here. Or Diego's here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, in reality, you could say what's the difference between a cult and 
the Democrats or the cult or, or cult and the Republicans. They just both believe a certain way of living and agree with one person or one party. And they make you feel bad for being on the other stance. Yeah. If you have an opposite stance, now you're radical, you know? Mm. It's the ideolo ideologies and what you're being programmed to believe based on what, based on things. What? Okay, let him in. Oh, what's up? Diego, can you get Tucker to stop barking? Thank you. What's up? Bro? We'll wrap this up soon, but yo, get get your face on, on camera. Diego will be on soon if I can convince him. <laughs> Dude, you're looking strapped. You look like uh, Patrick Swayze right now from uh, from masculine, an 80s movie. Masculine. Mas looks and like masculine. Hit, looks like you just hit a... Uh, uh, back and by workout right now your veins are popping dude yeah hell yeah well we've been just shooting the shit so we'll wrap this up we've already been going for an hour 15 yeah. but uh yo if you guys want to see dating coach debate and or bad influencers and or the poker, poker with the boys <laughs> on the podcast let us know down below and we will see, see you next time peace, peace. out